Christian life than going to church and reading your Bible. Ever wondered just how involved God is in your daily life? Then you've come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis and Vicar Dylan Meyer, as we take an in-depth look at applying the scriptures to our daily lives, the Ten Commandments, baptism, Lord's Prayer, and more. Welcome to the Living Faith. Welcome to Living the Faith, episode 30, Rain, Rain, Don't Go Away. My name is Pastor Tom Mars, a senior pastor of Zion Lutheran Church. And my name is Vicar Dylan Meyer. And we're glad that you're with us today as we continue our look at the Lord's Prayer. Specifically, we're going to dive into the second petition. We're going to be looking and asking, what does it mean for God to have his kingdom come? And why is that important? Just as a side note, as we dive into it again, you're reminded that there's seven petitions or seven main things that we're asking for in the Lord's Prayer, and the first three really are a unit. So we're right in the middle of that with asking the question of, thy kingdom come. So what does it mean to ask God this, thy kingdom come? Yes, thy kingdom come is um, a phrase in our Lord's Prayer that... We believe, obviously, that God's kingdom is already here on earth. And so um, some of us might think when we pray this, isn't it pointless or um, isn't this thing that we're praying redundant almost? Um, But in this petition, when we pray that God's kingdom uh, come, we're praying that God's kingdom come to us. We do believe that God's kingdom is already here on earth, but we are also praying that uh, it come to us also, and we'll explore this more in depth. So what exactly is God's kingdom? Now, throughout the Old Testament, we see it promised again and again and again, and we're reminded that it's God's gracious rule and reign among us. And now specifically in the New Testament with the coming of Jesus, we see the arrival of the kingdom of God throughout his ministry again and again as Jesus is preaching and teaching not only to his disciples but the crowds. He would often say the kingdom of God is like, and then he would go on and explain it sometimes with a parable, uh, sometimes more specifically, but as we see him throughout his ministry, Again and again, he is talking about this kingdom of God, it's coming, and it's important. But of course, one of the things that we see throughout his ministry is that it will never fully be revealed until he returns again in glory. So that's one of those interesting side notes. The kingdom of God is like, and it's coming, and here it's going to be here, but it's not going to be until he comes again. So according to Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, if you remember through our trek through the scriptures, God is making all things new. And what exactly does that mean to make all things new? Well, his reign, God's reign is certainly hidden now, um, but as we hear uh, in the Gospels between the interaction of uh, Jesus and Pilate, um, it's something that everyone will see one day. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And so we understand that his reign is hidden now, but it is an all-encompassing reign. God is Uh, God's kingdom is all-encompassing. We ask God to send us his Holy Spirit as a part of this uh, belief and as a part of this petition in our Lord's Prayer so we can believe in him 
This is where uh, faith comes into the picture. And also so that we follow after him. This is the uh, eternal life. This is the life that the Holy Spirit brings to us. And so with all of this, we are also asking God to bring us and others under his gracious rule as well. It's an all-encompassing term that we uh, pray in this uh, Lord's Prayer. So we want to dive a little bit into the kingdom. That word is something that is often thrown around. Uh, Luther, in his small catechism, specifically makes a distinction between three different kingdoms that God rules. You might often hear this or perhaps maybe remember hearing it as a younger child, but there's three kingdoms, the kingdom of power, the kingdom of grace, and the kingdom of glory. Well, that might sound a little bit complicated, but it's not quite as complicated as it sounds. First, the kingdom of power, and that would be over all creation. He is the creator. We're reminded in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 and 3 of his creation of all that there is, and he rules over all that he has made and all that he cares for. Now, this is an interesting concept that he is the king over all creation or the kingdom of power because in this world and in this life, we often see that the world believes that while God may be in charge in heaven, if there is a God out there, uh, the devil is in charge here because of the struggles that we often have with the devil. He's often trying to get us to do things. We see sin and strife all around us. There's war and rumors of war. And so obviously the devil's in charge here. Well, the reality is that God is still in charge here. The devil is constantly trying to wreck havoc. He's trying to cause trouble, but yet he is not ultimately in charge. The ultimate victory is not going to be his. And so while the world might try to tell us that the devil's in charge here, he is not. Uh, God is the ruler and king over power, which would be overall creation. Now, the kingdom of grace, if you might remember the word grace is undeserved love or God's undeserved love towards us, and it might lead you to understand that that really is about how God rules over us Christians. And what greater gift does he give to us Christians then? the church. And so it's his gracious power that he gives us and he rules over the church. And one of the things I like to often talk about that is that Tom Marsus is not the head of Zion Lutheran Church. The elected leadership are not the head of Zion Lutheran Church. And for sure, Dylan Meyer is not the head of Zion Lutheran Church, but Christ is the head of Zion Lutheran Church and the church at large. And then, of course, the third might be the kingdom of glory, and the kingdom of glory we would see as none other than heaven itself. Yes, the coming kingdom, uh, the following or the resurrection that we see um, that we will experience when Jesus comes again and the restoration of all creation, the new Jerusalem. Um, the I have a passage here from 2 Timothy 4 where it says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory for an, forever and ever. Amen. So even uh, Timothy understood that you have this kingdom of glory. And so the question is often thought with the world around us, okay, God might be in charge of the church. I might give him that. But everything else, not so. But that's not really true as we see the, the kingdom of power, grace, and glory. God is everywhere. Uh, we talk about God in omniscient. He's all-knowing, omnipresent. He's present everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. It's not just in the church, but outside the church. And so 
for us as Christians when we leave the walls of the church and go out into the world around us. Yes, you might think that we're going to enemy territory, but not really. Where does the devil work the hardest? Make no mistake about it. He works the hardest inside the church and among the believers. Why? Because he doesn't have us. And so while he is alive and working in the world around us, he's not in charge, but he is also working around us in the church, and we should always be aware of that fact. But here's the great part. Where's the ultimate victory going to be? It's going to be none other than Jesus Christ himself because he's the one in charge. So we need to remember as we pray, thy kingdom come, what that means. Kingdom of power, grace and glory, and that the ultimate victory is Christ himself. And one of the other things I always like to add in there, in modern movies, we often see the devil sitting on his throne in hell as if somehow he's ruling over hell. Hell is as much punishment for the devil as it is for everybody else. You might say, well, then why does he want him to be there? Well, he wants everybody to be as miserable as he is. And so the devil is not in charge or, or ruling over hell. It's punishment for him just like it is for everybody else. And so as we draw to a close in our section here on the second petition, we uh, ask you as you go throughout your studies this week, as you read the Bible passages, as you look at your palm questions, always come back to say the Lord's Prayer once more again, thy kingdom come. What a joy and privilege it is for us to be brought into his kingdom of grace through the waters of baptism and know that just as he protects all of creation, he also protects his church, and that one day we will be with him in heaven. Lord's blessings as you go about your studies this week, and may you continue to grow in your knowledge and understanding of who God is and how he impacts your daily life as you live out your life of faith. Lord's blessings. Thanks for joining us on our Living the Faith podcast this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your Holy Word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. Tuning next time as we continue learning how God's truth in the Scriptures applies to our daily life. God bless your reading this week.